Hello and welcome to episode 51 of Spooky Girls, the podcast where we explore all sorts of real-life paranormal and creepy occurrences, from ghost sightings and hauntings to reported alien and cryptid encounters, myths, folklore, legends and more. Every episode we cover a different true spooky story. We're your hosts, I'm Katrina. And I am Jasmine, and thank you guys very much for joining us once again. Yes, <sighs> we're back after quite a while so that I could uh, finish university and not fail. Yes, um, we're very, very, but very happy about that. We are back with a very special guest. Yes, we are. So... Creeping forth from the dark underbelly of Amsterdam, this shock rocker has a taste for everything macabre, demonic, and just a little bit bloody. His upcoming debut EP is a fast-paced theatrical retelling of the life and crimes of one Alistair Crowley, the so-called wickedest man in the world. We can't wait to get a peek behind the screams this evening as we are joined by fellow metalhead and paranormal history buff, Dan Brooklyn. Welcome, Dan. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. So um, let's kick off. Maybe, Katrina, do you want to do a bit of a, a brief introduction on, on who this dude Crowley is, maybe? Yeah. So I'm sure that most of our listeners will have heard of Alistair Crowley before. Um, <laughs> but just in case you don't know, he was a very interesting guy. So Alistair Crowley, born on the 12th of October, 1875, was an English occultist and founder of the religion of Thelema, which he established in the early 1900s. His occultist career truly began in 1898, when he joined the Esoteric Secret Society of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, where he trained in ceremonial magic alongside a number of other prominent spiritualists and occult enthusiasts, such as Sir Arthur Conan Doyle and Bram Stoker. This is also where he became interested in the ritual use of drugs. <laughs> According to Crowley, in 1904, he had received a scripture called the Book of the Law, dictated to him by a non-corporeal entity named Iwas, which served as the philosophical foundation of Thelema and Crowley himself was the prophet entrusted with guiding humanity into a new age of spiritual development, dubbed the Aeon of Horus. Of course, sexuality plays an important role in Thelemic religious ceremonies. Sex was treated as a sacrament, with the consumption of sexual fluids a holy communion, in which so-called cakes of light were eaten. Sounds delicious. Biscuits containing either menstrual blood or a mixture of semen and vaginal fluids. Still delicious, Jasmine. (laughs) Yum, yum. (laughs) As you might imagine, Crowley's various wild antics earned him a wicked reputation, which caused many in polite society to fear and shun him, while others became fascinated and captivated by the mysterious, infamous man. Mm, intriguing indeed. So that leads us very nicely into you, Dan, who has kindly decided to join us today. Yeah, again, thank you for having me. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm very excited for uh, for today. We um, are too. Yes, he's quite a figure, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yes, he is. So I was hoping that <laughs> yeah. you could 
kick us off maybe by giving us a bit of a background on yourself, your music career so far, and maybe what specifically drove you into writing this kind of horror metal music about Crowley in specific? Yes, well, um, as you said before, I am a uh, an artist and a musician from the ever debaucherous streets of Amsterdam, the <laughs> Netherlands, and um, I started out as a as a drummer. Um, I did a degree here in Holland on metal music. Uh, you can actually do that here. That's really cool. <laughs> I'm do that degree. What the fuck? <laughs> I am. I'm really fortunate to uh, to live in a country where where you can do such thing. Yeah. Um, so I started out as a as a drummer. Uh, did did the study. Um, some of my teachers were in Within Temptation. Others were in Epica. <sighs> Uh, so, so that was that was really cool. It was a really cool experience. Um, but at the end of that, I, I felt kind of stuck. I thought to myself, I can do more, and I want to do more with my life than just playing the drums, playing for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started having all these ideas for for riffs, for for lyrics. And um, all of a sudden, I got a phone call from my very dear friend, uh, Caleb Bingham, uh, who used to play for Fifing a Death Punch. And uh, he, he has his own band called Athanasia. And it was just before the COVID pandemic that he asked me to play drums for him, uh, supporting Dragon Force on a European tour. <gasps> so we, we, did, we did that. We had an absolute blast. And... Uh, we we were able to finish that tour just in time before everything locked down. Oh my god! Yeah, it's I don't know, like a, kind of a, an after tour dip is is a, is a thing you get when you play in front of twelve hundred people a night. But the after tour that it, it gets enhanced when everything <laughs> closes down and yeah. you are not even allowed to leave uh, to leave your house. So yeah, I did that and. Uh, then he he offered me to help me uh, create this 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 solo record where I had all, all these these ideas for and yeah horror metal uh, all things paranormal um, I have always had an interest in that honestly ever since I can remember I mean <laughs> both of you I think are really into horror movies and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I I grew up with all of that with with The Exorcist, uh, Friday the Thirteenth, Poltergeist, all of the, uh, all the classics. Nice, nice. And um, yeah, at some point when I was a kid, I started having all these uh, paranormal experiences my myself, and that gives that interest a, a certain uh, extra layer. You know, because all of a sudden it's not this gloomy story on on paper. It's this actual this is actual thing that you're experiencing. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's that's I guess what what inspired me to to tell people. I love I love performing. I love to tell people stories. Um, so yeah, I that, that's about it, I suppose. That's so awesome as like many of those bands that you have <laughs> mentioned we are big yeah fans of. pretty um, mind-blowing stuff there with yeah. you. Oh my goodness you've had a very very colorful time then Dan. Yeah. wow yeah it was it was it was good fun yeah it's it's called the uh the metal factory it's mm. uh the 
the study. And then the yeah, the Dragon Force tour was a lot of fun as well. Yeah. And a lot yeah, of great people. There'd be like mm-hmm. such an incredible high and then yeah, suddenly to just not be able to do anything. Yeah, that was so that was really weird. Really but, difficult. but we uh we had we had we were in so much luck just mm-hmm. to yeah. finish that tour. And um yeah, the pandemic kind of gave me time to you know isolate myself yeah. in the studio together with with caleb mm-hmm. and just uh yeah create this beast that you're about to unleash. <laughs> yes yeah. the great beast i mean again i feel like if if there's one one solidly good thing about the pandemic it's that it has given artists such an amazing sort of arena in which to hone their craft and we've had some mm. incredible albums coming out just after the pandemic and even in the pandemic i think it was it was almost a bit of a gift i think for many musicians um who kind of got that chance to like take a breather and kind of get introspective for a minute. So I'm glad that, you know, um, you could turn that negative into something really, really positive for you. That's really awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, I, uh, yeah, there's definitely some, some, uh, yes, some aftermath that we are still, still dealing with, you know, mm-hmm. things are very expensive right now, uh, touring wise, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, gas wise, uh, also, it's really hard to play this year because everything has been postponed. So, uh, yeah, it's a lot of things, a lot of dates this year were already booked by yeah. things that were postponed for so long. So yeah. it's kind of a kind of a weird time right now. But uh, yeah, like you said, we we try to stay positive, and I'm I'm, I'm grateful for for what we created and. Uh, can't wait to share it with with all of you. Yes, well, I mean, we have had a little listen, and let me tell you, it was absolutely brilliant. Oh, yeah. I so I'm a massive fan of like motionless in white, ice nine kills, and and this had so many elements of all of these like metalcore kind of horror themed bands that I love, but also those like more like classical influences as well you know there's like a bit of like Ramstein in there and you know a bit of Manson I really loved all of these flavors that you brought in so I think people are gonna eat it up you know why thank you that's I appreciate it firstly like I'd love to hear about your own like paranormal experiences Oh damn! I think that'd be yes. really. Cool. I think yes. that'd be really cool if you. Let's get in on this. Oh my god, my my experiences. I we we would need multiple episodes. I'm afraid <laughs> too. Some of your <laughs> okay top topics because I I really like that. Obviously, that inspired you because I know that also with Crowley, he was very inspired by like a near death experience that he Ooh. had, and that sort yeah, of like yeah. opened him up True. to that universe. So it's. Obviously, you didn't have a near-death experience, but like that was your sort of come to Crowley moment. Lead into, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah, part of your inspiration. Wow. Um, it, it started when I was a little kid, and it, it started with this this dream that I had. I was dreaming of this saint-like figure, and he was he was super detailed. I can uh, I can still see it in front of me to this day. Um, and, and all of a sudden I, I woke up, I opened my eyes and the saint like figure was still in the room with me sitting by my bed. And this was no, uh, sleep paralysis or anything. I, I was able to move. I was, I was wide awake and this, this entity was still there 
and I, I wasn't scared at all. It was I, it was quite peaceful. But I thought to myself, okay, that is that is interesting. And um, I, I had someone uh, when I was a kid, and again, I'm really fortunate for this. That that was kind of uh, coaching me uh, with how to, how to deal with with stuff like this. Um, and I remember we visited my 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 house my elderly house uh with her to kind of you know check out i suppose the energy is there and just see what kind of kind of for her to see to, to get an idea of what kind of an environment it was and um i remember us standing in my my parents bedroom at the time and it was completely dark and this entity this this uh white figure uh, there was there was no limbs there was no face it was just a shape uh and it was it was standing there in my in my parents bedroom and again i is i wasn't scared at all it was it was actually a beautiful beautiful experience and she asked me like who, who do you think this is that is appearing to us right now um and just shortly before I was born, uh, my uncle passed away, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And so also for my parents, it must have been a weird time because they're still grieving over, you know, my, my dad's brother. Yeah, uh, and then there's this new life, this new baby coming in. So there's, there's joy, but there's grief. It must have been a, a weird time. And... I just, I just had this, this feeling like I, did, I didn't even really think about it. I, I told her like, I think this is, this is my uncle. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was like, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and those two experiences. Um, yeah. I kind of, kind of introduced me to this whole world beyond this one. And, and they were beautiful experiences, you know, yeah. they, they were, this, this is no horror stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that I'm writing about right now, but uh, actually, actually, the the name Dem Brooklyn is is kind of a tribute to my to my uncle as well oh. because uh, he used to, he used to be a DJ, and this was back when DJs weren't plugging in USB sticks and just <laughs> you actually had to you know carry all of these yeah. uh, <laughs> LPs playlist. with you and stuff, and he, he used to spray paint Brooklyn on oh, his uh, oh. on his his uh cases his, his road cases so uh yeah then brooklyn is kind of kind of a tribute to to that experience and uh and, and to him and uh yeah so so that's but like i said these are beautiful experiences yeah. there, there have also been some yeah. some horrible gnarly <laughs> experiences where i was really scared you know i i encountered a couple of entities that i only thought would would exist you know in like harry potter or <laughs> you know some 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 yeah some some fictional some thing yeah exactly and then all of a sudden it's in the room with you and with you know, I'm from Amsterdam, so a lot of people say, "Okay, okay, didn't you use anything?" <laughs> <laughs> but no. How dare they? <laughs> I don't blame them. You know, it's, it's good to to be, to be skeptical. But in a lot of these uh, cases, you know, I was either with someone or uh, someone else uh, affirmed that they had been 
contacted by this this entity as, as well. Yeah, but there's there's been some some spooky stuff as well. You know, yeah. at some point I saw one of my friends just being possessed in oh, in, in front of my eyes, and that was that was one of the scariest things I've ever encountered. You know, because you you think of the movies and and you think to yourself, okay, what do I do now? You know, uh, am I saying Bible verses now? Like grab the rock I... salt. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, most of the ex- most of the experiences have been beautiful so so yeah it's nice to focus on the more uplifting spiritual experiences rather absolutely. than absolutely. terrifying yeah and i do i do think it's wonderful that that you know like even though your music deals with some quite dark themes and it deals with this very like it's very heavy on this macabre storytelling i think it's wonderful that you have this connection to something more deeply personal and positive for you as well to kind of balance it out a bit now that's really lovely yeah yeah absolutely and um it's i I tell about this dark stuff also too i I don't want to use the word warm but uh you know i i think witchcraft is a is a beautiful thing and and spirituality and uh i i understand all of all of these younger kids you know, being obsessed with this, this aesthetic and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that, because it is really cool. You know, I, that's why I made an album about it. <laughs> but uh, on the other hand, I, I just think there's, there's some kids out there who, you know, practice certain things and, and deal with certain things that they aren't necessarily uh, Not equipped to deal with. aware of what they are messing yeah. with, you know, as uh, also on, on the platform like TikTok, I, a couple of weeks ago, I saw this, like this, this video of like, yeah, this is a ritual. Uh, this is just hacks against uh, racists and cops. And I was like, what, what the fuck is that about? <laughs> you know, but, you know, maybe I, I don't know anything about the background of this video. Maybe, mm. maybe this was posted around George Floyd, or it's, you know, I understand people being upset with racists and 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 maybe with cops at that time as well. But you know, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of, of hexes uh, to begin with, and I think it, it can be dangerous for like twelve year old, fourteen year old kids to start practicing this yeah i mean isn't that like one of the basic tenets of like witchcraft is that like whatever you put out comes back at you three times over right so i think yeah in general like just not a good idea i agree with you and i i do think that you know when it comes to things like like social media you know people people can get in on a fad and they don't realize that there's a lot more to it. But you'd think that they might know because there've been a, enough horror films about, you know, like Ouija, <laughs> yeah. for example. Everyone playing with Ouija boards. Um, we actually spoke recently to um, a paranormal investigator who's a lovely dude, lovely dude called Corbin Bentley, and he was telling us like he's been on so many different ghost hunts, and he's like, I will not touch a Ouija board. I will not go near it not going to risk it because you just never know what's going to come through <laughs> yeah that's that's absolutely true you're you're inviting someone you're you're basically just you know yeah. fishing in the dark yeah exactly yeah, yeah. it's crazy very way to put it <laughs> <laughs> um so so your album um is themed entirely around crowley and he's inspired many other musicians as well including ozzy osbourne whose song you cover on the album which is an amazing cover by the way of mr amazing crowley cover. 
Um, so who would you say are like your biggest musical influences and inspirations right now? Um, I think I think one of the biggest is definitely uh, Alice Cooper. You know, mm. when when I was a kid uh, and I discovered Alice, I uh, a lot of things that I love uh, they just fell into place. You know, this this guy was combining rock and roll songs with like this huge stage show and this mm. these spooky uh, macabre lyrics and and I thought, wow, that is that is really great and. Uh, through him, I discovered, you know, he already mentioned uh, Marilyn Manson, uh, who is unfortunately uh, quite cancelled right now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> you know. It's- His music still definitely holds water. Like, I think Coma White, one of my favorite songs ever. Love that one. Yeah, I think, I think people are, are easy to forget uh, how influential uh this man has been i really consider him one of the most important artists of of the 90s and early 2000s um so so yeah like like you said this this album wouldn't have been the same without his his influence especially a song called chamber of nightmares mm-hmm. is uh hugely inspired by by his sound i loved that song i think it's like probably probably my favorite song on the album thank you i think it was amazing yeah it's, it's definitely a huge Mally manson influence there and uh through alice cooper i also discovered uh rob zombie oh yeah you know it's big, big big influence big rob zombie fans <laughs> <laughs> great i'm waiting for him to to come back to europe it's it's mm. been a while but he's doing he's been doing this this monsters thing yeah yeah really, really cool there. as well i haven't seen it yet no i've not seen it i love the classic the monsters so good. I love any horror that's also got like some comedy and just yeah, some, like, we're big yeah, fans yeah. of like the black comedy. Like, just honestly, I think that the Chucky films, like Bride of Chucky, again with Dracula in that amazing intro with Tiffany, I think there's something to be said. I I love that like campy B list, the garish, yeah. like just the like you said, like the theatricality of it, and that's something which artists like Rob Zombie, like Alice Cooper, like they understood that horror and theater comes like they come hand in hand. It's like a seamless, seamless marriage. Um, so yeah, we definitely share that passion. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they both, both of them, especially if you like see them in interviews they seem like such nice guys yeah. like you find that with like rock and metal is that actually oh, yeah. the the artists just seem lovely <laughs> like really nice people people remember remember their their roots you know they yeah. they they remember when they were still you know wearing metallica shirts and playing in their the garage everyone is still really in touch with that mm-hmm. so that's that's why a lot of uh, artists i find are, are quite humble you know despite everyone worshipping them and putting them on a, on a pedestal but uh yeah th- those are some of the uh influences but i i think also a big influence uh, you already mentioned them is, is rammstein absolutely mm. i uh it's one of my favorite bands of all time i um yeah i i have been fortunate enough to to see them quite some some time and uh i i saw them twice this summer Ooh, lucky and man. i uh that was that was absolutely amazing. I actually made it to the after party as well, which was Ooh. interesting to say the least. <laughs> I think I think I was together with one one guy. I was the only guy there. 
um, the rest was just <laughs> just women of these these young mm. uh, ladies, and oh, uh, I, I actually had a had a great time. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. Sure, you did with everyone. But uh, awesome. at some point, I was picked out by by security, <laughs> and I still don't know whether I misbehaved or whether it was just because i was the last guy there <laughs> i don't know but that's, it was definitely definitely a great experience that sounds absolutely awesome. mental mm. <laughs> what a story kicked out of a ramstein after party Gosh. yeah yeah that was that was uh, something else <laughs> god i don't even want to know what till lindemann gets up to behind the scenes <laughs> well I, I could tell you but maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe in a private but you want to yeah you want to you want to work in the future <laughs> god but it is a it is a good segue into what is your favorite thing about your job yes um, <laughs> oh my if you have any of your least favorite things but um we'll focus on the favorite at the moment positive energies yeah well uh, i i think positive energies actually is is one of the uh one of the things I like most about it, I just, you know, I, I, uh, I love to tell stories and I love to perform. I love to, to entertain. Uh, it's what I've been doing for as, as long as I can remember. And um, yeah, j- just to get that energy back from, from a crowd, you know, screaming lyrics back at you or uh, just being really into what you are doing on that stage makes it all makes it all worthwhile because it, it, it is hard work and it, it is uh frustrating at times but uh yeah have, having that exchange of of energy in in a life situation is absolutely absolutely great it's it's just, you know speaking of magic it's one of, one of the most magical things i can I can think of honestly so uh yeah that's that's definitely one of the things i i enjoy the most about what i do hmm. that's lovely it yeah. is a kind of magic i guess i mean even for for even as like a fan watching like there's always that special moment where like you look around and you see people everyone's singing the same lyrics everyone's wearing the t-shirt it's that like very such a like charged atmosphere mm. it's very yeah. unifying yeah, and it's 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 sort of uh, escapism uh, as well, you know. Uh, whatever is going on outside of that venue or arena or whatever doesn't matter for a couple of hours. Mm. We are here, we are in the moment, and we are, uh, yeah, listening to all of these spooky uh, <laughs> tales <laughs> and whatnot. Yeah. Our favorite thing to do. And speaking of yeah. spooky goodness, actually, so um we've mentioned before, you've mentioned before that you've had some some quite horrible experiences with the paranormal. We were wondering if you've ever been on a ghost hunt or visited a haunted location. And um if so, can we hear about it? And if you haven't, then where would you like to go? Yeah, that is that is a great question. Um, it's a very layered. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I have. Uh, I have been on a, a ghost hunt. I have. I have done that uh, ghost bus tour in London. Uh, nice. That drives through through all the haunted locations. I thought that was that was great, but that's that's not really. Uh, you know, doing EVP sessions or, or whatever. No, but I, arguably, I prefer that. Like, I prefer <laughs> just to like 
be taken to different sites and told stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's absolutely yeah. because you know um, a, a thing. You know, I I love uh, shows like Ghost Adventures and, and stuff yeah. like that, but it's it's a lot of uh, you know uh, provoking. It's and yeah. it's it's all about uh, evidence and you know oh do this say this. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's it's you can actually compare it to to going to you know like a, an old school freak show or something, or going to a zoo look, looking at monkeys that are trapped there, basically. Yeah. I never thought about it that way. Now it sounds horrible. <laughs> no, yeah. but it's, it's it's I I I think it's their approach, like the very Zach mm. Bagans, like <laughs> yeah. yeah, provoking, shouting. Some of the stuff they've done to like provoke spirits is just yeah. rude, to be honest. Yeah, well, as and you know, as I love the guy and I, I love the show, but uh, it's you know, it's we are dealing with with victims uh, mm. mo- most of the time, you know, or or. Uh, you know, there, there might be like like killers or rapists that can go on to the other side out of out of regret what what they've done or a certain emotion they're they are stuck with. But uh, yeah, I think about the ghost tours. I would absolutely go on a ghost tour. But I think we could do more to I don't know help them mm. pass to the, to the other side or something. That's that's something I've I've done a couple of times in my life, and it's. Uh, you're actually helping someone that sounds really beautiful actually mm. it's a really beautiful way of thinking about it it can be really beautiful it can all be really beautiful you know and mm. i'm in in love with all the all the macabre uh horror stuff but at the end of the day i i really think this 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 stuff is real i i hate to force that opinion on, on other people um but for for me it's not a matter of believing anymore it's 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 a matter of knowing Mm-hmm. And, and that kind of it gives you a, a sense of responsibility in 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 mm-hmm. some certain ways. Like, okay, I've I've just been visiting someone's house, uh, contacted contacted them, um, but there, there's something very wrong here. But what can we do to, you know, make the situation a little yeah. better? Yeah. To give back to them a little bit as well. Yeah, but I would I would absolutely go on a on a, on a ghost tour. I've I've never been on a, like a, a ghost hunt or an EVP mm. session or whatever. Um, as far as locations go, I uh, there's plenty of haunted locations in in Amsterdam. You know, the the Anne Frank house is yeah, yeah. is rumored to be totally haunted. Uh, also in in London, there's a bunch of stuff. I've been to the Tower of London, which Ooh, I yeah, love. The ghost in the tower. I I didn't notice any of that, uh, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> but uh, and actually, uh, my my workplace is super super haunted. I um, mm-hmm. I work next to being a musician. I'm I'm an actor as well. I'm one of the actors at the Amsterdam Dungeon. Oh, oh, don't Katrina okay. will cry. Can She's I just obsessed. say okay, I'm so obsessed with the dungeons, <laughs> like. <laughs> the York Dungeon is my favorite place in the entire world. I, uh, I have I've never had the pleasure to visit that one, but I've I've been to the London one, I've been yeah. to the Berlin one, and I th- I think the Amsterdam one is the most haunted. Yeah, that is amazing. Please tell us more. <laughs> that dungeon is located in a super uh, old church, and mm-hmm. actually uh, the church church is is built on the ground where 
the miracle of Amsterdam was uh, supposed to have taken place, um, which which had to do with this this wafer, this this communion. There was like this this sick man, and they gave him a wafer, and uh, uh, and I think he vomited it up again, which is kind of a gross story. But <laughs> but although he had been he had been chewing on it, the wafer was still intact. And then they threw the vomit into the fireplace and everything burned except for the wafer. So they built a chapel there and the chapel became a church. And then the church was probably destroyed in the 1600s because of all these uh, pr- Protestant uh, you know, yeah. people yeah. smacking up all the, all the stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, they built a church again and uh, it's, it's, it's very custom. It was very custom to bury people in in the church so we are actually we're doing all of those shows on top of hundreds of corpses probably mm. so there's there's yeah there's it's it's no wonder that the place is haunted but yeah we've we've had uh you know colleagues being touched by disembodied hands we've we've been hearing disembodied voices laughter stuff like that uh, we also have a mirror maze. I think a lot of dungeons yes. have a mirror maze, which is the scariest part. <laughs> well, it's, you know, you know the the thing about uh, scrying and and, mm-hmm. and ghosts and spirits uh, appearing in in mirrors and and also getting trapped in in certain well, able to be trapped in uh, in buildings that have a certain shape or, or whatnot, or if there are two mirrors facing each other that could be a portal and stuff like that there's lots of theories about that but um yeah it's, i think most of the activity surrounds the, the mirror maze uh, and we've we've actually had two mimic experiences there as well where it's just a colleague appearing like in full costume oh, no. impersonating <laughs> impersonating one of one of us you know one of us actors and then you go check it out and there's there's no one there. I think I've been impersonated as well. And people, someone asked me like, hey, were you there a couple of moments ago? And I was like, no. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> I was in a completely different room. Jesus. And this, this, this person just vanishing in, in thin air. Yeah, we've, we've had quite some experience there. So I, I think that's one of the most haunted locations i've visited is the one i'm in every week (laughs) that's amazing honestly i think i would feel so deeply honored if a ghost were to imitate me i'd be like really (laughs) you chose me out of all of these people thank you as soon as it i realized it wasn't talking though i'd be like that's not jasmine (laughs) no well (laughs) that that might be a good approach (laughs) there are some spots there and i you know, I, I, I'm, I'm used to some things, mm. but there's, uh, there's some rooms there where no one, no one wants to be there by themselves. Oh, wow. so even new people that we haven't told all the stories and everything, they're like, yeah, this atmosphere is really off. I don't want to be here by myself. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, I would, I would do a, a cleansing for them, but there's uh, like fire alarms and, and all of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, you can't even burn some sage. That sucks. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, the thing with sage is also that you really have to know what you're dealing with. You know, mm-hmm. so if if there's a a little girl, and you would think to yourself, oh, this is a little girl, I, I want to help her. You know, uh, 
move on to the next world and everything. You can use sage, but you really have to know you're dealing with an actual little girl and mm. not someone pretending to be a little girl. Oh, that made my spine crawl. The ultimate nightmare. <laughs> yeah, that's it's it's very it's very important because uh, apparently sage can can really piss off some mm-hmm. s- some certain entities good to know yeah a l- little oh. disclaimer there but I'm, <laughs> I'm, a fa- I'm a fan of that stuff i uh i thought that sage kind of i thought it's meant to like calm them down is that what it's meant to do yeah but if it's like a demon then it is just gonna piss them yeah off. it'll be like fuck you i'm not gonna be cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think I uh, I never used it on a demon, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, what's next up, Cat? Oh, well, we, we it's sort of the next question is sort of like yeah, we've actually already asked that one, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think really that question, yeah, that question was mainly about like any like cool stories from the studio or anything like that. Um, yeah, and your you your have. favorite song? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, if you have one, if you don't love them all, <laughs> it's hard. Well, we have been, uh, we have made a video for uh, Lieber 44, book 44, the, the mess of the Phoenix. Uh, um, and I think that that still is my, is my favorite song. That, that is why we made the video for that. Um, and I just incorporated a lot of elements that, that Crowley was, was used for because the Mass of the Phoenix, it's, it's like this, this one-person ritual, and it's uh, controversial for its self-mutilation part. Mm. The, the practitioner is um, expected to make a cut in their chest and kind of make this, this, this blood offering. And it also uh, involves consuming the cake of light, which, uh, which you already uh, explained some things about. Uh, so it's quite a controversial ritual. And uh, for this song... I, can take credit for any of the lyrics is what I basically did is I took the the, the words uh, to the ritual, adjusted them a little bit, and then put them to music. So this ritual was first published in 1913, uh, which which means it has been tra- practiced for for over a hundred years now. Goodness, um, and people still practice it to this day. So yeah, it's it's this over 100 years old ritual and now it's this dark bombastic metal song and uh, i th- i think that's that's still my favorite the the the, the video has uh, it has drug and use and in it uh, <laughs> lots boobs. of movies yeah absolutely yeah as we so we uh we did a, a sexual ritual uh, in it as well um and uh yeah, but um, yeah, it's, it, it would be lovely if, if people could see the the the, the video separate mm. from from the actual song, you know, because mm. the the mass of the phoenix is not necessarily a, a sex ritual. It's just I incorporated that because it's really linked to who yeah. Crowley was as a as a person and uh, a prophet and and all of that. So yeah, I think that's my favorite song and and the spooky. We did we did have some some weird things going on at the studio surrounding this song actually um, because uh, the original text that Crowley wrote um, he's, he switches in, in rhyme schemes so you know there would be sentences and they would rhyme directly and then 
he would sometimes switch to a different rhyme scheme, which is, you know, when you're a poet and you're writing a poem, uh, you can do that. And you can also do it in a song, but for, for this song, it, it didn't really work. So I had to adjust all of that. And for the outro, I left the original rhyme scheme in there because I, I thought it was cool and I thought it did work there. Mm-hmm. And Caleb, uh, my, my dear friend, uh, he, uh, he, we co-produced this album and he was like, oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure on this, uh, on this rhyme scheme. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end, and I was like, "Yeah, but that's that's the that's how it is, you know." And I, I I prefer it this way. And he was like, "Yeah, but you know, Crowley is a shit poet." <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. And arguing with the meter, my goodness. Well, as soon as he said that, we ran into all of these technological problems that we didn't really have an explanation for. And we really said to each other, we were sitting there in the studio and we we just said to each other, you shouldn't have said that. (laughs) He's pissed. He's pissed Well, yeah, because Crowley, he was like a poet. He published a lot of poetry. So I'm sure he would have been a... I think think it's really good. A lot of of it is really uh, pornographic. Yeah. So you you have have to be into that. But uh, I, I think one of my fun facts is about his poetry. <laughs> I think I think a lot of his uh, poetry is is pretty good. So I, I I don't think he was a he was a shit poet. <laughs> In case he's listening, <laughs> if you do think that, don't say it out loud sense. because no. <laughs> uh, he will he will come and get you. <laughs> I kind of. I kind of love the idea of like like a dead dude kind of listening out for people talking <laughs> about him down on earth. And he's like, if you say that, I will smack you. I will come down there. I will beat you up. I think that he like thrived on <laughs> oh, yes. attention, attention though. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So I could very much imagine him listening out for <laughs> people still mentioning him. I mean, that kind of leads us on to our, the final of our structured questions, which is what is one thing that you want people to know about Alistair Crowley? Yeah, I, th- I, think, I think that's a super hard question. <laughs> oh, yeah. This man had so many uh, different faces, so many uh, different roles that he played throughout his life. You know, he was a poet, he was a writer, he was a self-proclaimed prophet, he was a mountaineer, he played chess, he he did all of this stuff. He was an undercover spy at some point. What a cool dude. <laughs> Wait for the fun facts, Jasmine. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm spoiling here, I'm sorry. <laughs> this This man has many many faces you know the word duality doesn't do it justice because there's many many faces here and um the thing i've been trying to do with this album it's 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 a tribute to the man the the myth the the legacy of of alistair crowley but at the same time it's it's kind of i I try to tell people okay be be careful of who you put on a pedestal be be careful who you see as a prophet because there's there's lots of false prophets out there you know and uh you know crowley was someone who, who put himself on a pedestal and then when he became this counterculture icon in the 60s and 70s you had all of these bands and artists that were like whoa this this guy was doing what we are doing way before way before the 60s you know he was promoting the free love he was promoting the recreational drug use mm-hmm. 
so they really put him on a pedestal. I was like, yeah, this guy is a pioneer and a free thinker. And um, he is, he, he absolutely is. But uh, be, be careful of who you put on a pedestal because this is this, this, the same man, um, you know, urged his, his followers to make little cuts in their arms every time they used the word I in a sentence. Mm. Uh, this same man, you know, used to feed his followers uh, psychedelics and then he locked him locked them into his bedroom and the bedroom was covered in these these murals so you know with all these psychedelics i can imagine all these murals came to life and it would just be terrifying and, mm. and, and he would just lock you up lock the door you know um this this man had a huge ego as well we can we can easily compare it to someone like donald trump or kanye west <laughs> or someone who is not necessarily thriving in, in, in self-reflection and stuff like that. Mm. So, yeah, I, I've tried to present both. I've, I've tried to show the, the many faces of, of, of Alistair Crowley, the, the one of pioneer and free thinker, because I honestly do think that, that pop culture and metal music wouldn't have been the same without its influence. But on the other hand, yeah, be... be uh, be careful of who you put on a pedestal. But no, wow, no, that is definitely a, a cautionary tale and um, a very, very important warning as well. I think it's, I think it's interesting that you know that you talk about like like people in history who have been put on a pedestal for being a specific way, perhaps for being like a larger than life personality. And whilst on paper it all sounds like, oh yeah, like this guy stood up for free speech, you know, he did his own thing. You know, there might be a an inherent darkness behind that um and also again with like the power of words um and what people bring into their lives i think that's really interesting thank you <laughs> but katrina what next yes. we have a, maybe a bit more time we won't keep you too much longer dan this has been absolutely awesome but i know yeah, katrina is just dying to regale me with some facts about facts. crowley yeah <laughs> he was he was so interesting and that there was so much more that I could have added to these fun facts. Yeah, abs absolutely. That's because to... the original idea was to do one song about mm. Alistair Crowley. And I soon <laughs> well, found, yeah. okay, that's not going to work. Like, yeah. You know, Ozzy did it. I don't know how he did it, but you could you could make multiple albums about this guy. Yeah. Yes. Uh, He's quite the character. Song is not enough. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. No. Well, I cannot also I cannot wait for people to hear what you've made because it really is an absolute like true labor of blood and sweat and tears and mayhem and it is beautifully made, you know, beautifully written. So um, I believe it's out is on October twelfth. October twelfth is the the mm. first single, The Mess of the Phoenix and the mm. and the the very sexual video <laughs> that belongs to it. Uh, it's, and actually October 12th is, is Alistair Crowley's birthday mm -hmm. and the actual album drops on December 1st which December is Crowley's 1st. 75th uh, death day death Ooh. anniversary so yeah uh, those are the two dates goodness me well yeah people definitely have have a hell of a treat in store for them yes. so very excited about it so Katrina would you like to regale I'm me 
I'm so excited. I've waited so long to, <laughs> to read up these things. <laughs> she's been holding her tongue. She's been very well done, Kat. I have. Thank well you. Thank you. Okay, so fun fact number one is that the nickname that he most often used to refer to himself, the Beast 666, was actually given to him by his incredibly religious mother as a child, as she would call him it whenever he would misbehave. (laughs) He's not the Messiah, he's a very naughty boy. (laughs) And then I think he did things to like deliberately annoy her. And he like Same. got in trouble for, uh, you know, drugs and uh, <laughs> masturbation and and saying bad things about the Bible. He he fucked one of his mom's maids in in the mom's bed. Goodness mm. me! Yeah, what a what a <laughs> good for him. He I also, guess. I think, of revenge. Yeah, he was quite he was quite young when he also like got gonorrhea from uh, many many sex workers that he. <laughs> frequented fun fact number two growing up he was a very big chess fan and while he was attending cambridge university he would play the game for two hours every day oh, God. and even considered becoming a professional player mm. well i mean he was a kind of professional player different yeah. kind of player <laughs> absolutely <laughs> <laughs> So, as you've already mentioned, Dan, with fact number three, it is widely believed that Crowley was a spy for the British Intelligence Agency, and there are files that list him as an employee of the British government. During the First World War, while Crowley was in the United States, it is alleged that he was paid by Germany to write anti-British propaganda. This propaganda was so over-the-top and absurd that it instead effectively ridiculed the German cause, leading many to believe that he was working as a double agent for Britain. (laughs) That is absolutely insane. (laughs) Yeah, he wrote for like a publication called The Fatherland. Because he was like, as as a person with Irish ancestry, I hate the British. (laughs) Boo Britain. But then he'd like write really, really, really ridiculous stuff to support Germany. <laughs> he sounds like like an internet troll, but like like one that doesn't know how to troll yeah. properly. <laughs> but on purpose. He's a he's a self-aware troll. And I appreciate yeah. that about him. So fact number four, he wrote a lot of incredibly filthy, obscene erotic poetry with subjects including bestiality and necrophilia. The first print run of his first collection of poetry, White Stains, was rumoured to have been stained by Crowley himself, using his very own bodily fluids. <laughs> Dan, I, do, didn't, I do, didn't know that did, the last did, one. Do you, <laughs> do you have a first edition? No, no, I think those are really valuable. Mm. Oh God! I mean, I mean, definitely if it's got his his little swimmers stuck yeah. in there as well. Well, he used to make jokes about like <laughs> because because he loved uh, the attention that he, it brought him. He would like say, "Oh, I murdered 140 babies today," meaning that, <laughs> his, <laughs> yeah. that he had uh, yeah wasted. A lot of critics took that seriously. Yeah, back in the day. That's why he like, yeah, man is tongue in cheek. 
yeah, refer to himself as like the beast and stuff. So, but but he was just he was just messing. He was he didn't yeah yeah. yeah. It was all just to like (laughs) fuck with people. I love that. (laughs) Fucking love that. Just again a troll. This fact is amazing. This is my second to last fact, but it's just it came out of nowhere, like completely left field. So I thought it was incredible. Crowley claimed that he was the one who came up with Winston Churchill's iconic V for Victory sign, which he considered a symbol capable of counteracting the power of the Nazi swastika. Though, of course, there is no solid proof of this. (laughs) I mean, can anyone prove otherwise? I thought it was amazing. Like, what a claim. I know. This guy is hysterical. So you ready for my favourite fact? I'm so ready. Absolutely. Okay. So, he was once part of an epic magic battle known as the Battle of Blythe Road with his enemy and fellow member of the Golden Dawn, W.B. Yeats. (laughs) You know, the super famous Irish poet. Um, (laughs) Sworn enemy, Yeats. Sworn enemy. Crowley, who was attracted to black magic never really got along with Yeats, who only used white magic. Indeed, Yeats was so concerned with Crowley's black magic use, and also quite possibly his bisexuality, um, (laughs) that he convinced the Order of the Golden Dawn not to let Crowley into the inner circle. Due to this, an enraged Crowley began shouting magical curses at Yeats, who in turn used his white magic to deflect them, supposedly causing Crowley to fall down some nearby stairs. Bless him. That is... (laughs) Did you know that one, Dan? Uh, About the falling of the stairs, no. (laughs) But about the epic, epic magic battle. I I did know of the battle. Mm. That is great. Apparently he also had, like, beef with Bram Stoker, who also didn't like him very much. God, that is, again, what a what an interesting man. I think we've mm-hmm. definitely seen a, a lot of those faces that you were talking about, Dan, a lot of those myriad sides to this um, strange individual. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the man, the myth, the mystery himself. Wow. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Dan. This has been absolutely awesome having you on with us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It has been a pleasure. And uh, if you ever come to the UK, hit us up. I will will hook you up with dungeon tickets. Oh, my God. (laughs) I was was going to say concert tickets. Yes, also dungeon tickets. (laughs) Oh, gosh. But yeah, thank you so much, Dan. It's really been so fascinating to speak with you and hear Mm. about your views on this. And again... Um, for me, can I just say that I think I I really have never thought of like a ghost hunt or anything like that as being something which could actually be potentially like really horrible for the ghost to experience. Just mind blown. So like I'm now I'm now having this like existential moment of like because <laughs> I've been on one ghost hunt, but now I'm like, did I bully those ghosts in the in the, in the prison? <laughs> I don't think you you bullied them, but you're you're not you know. I think of souls that are stuck there and you're not yeah. really helping them by Definitely. visiting them and, and, and looking at them. And, and then going. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. You it, know, so you can, uh, I don't know, it's may, maybe it's a new concept. Like, okay, we're going to do an uh, EVP mm. session. We're going to find out who this is and then we're going to help him. 
yeah honestly i think you're really onto something there because i think again like looking at all the paranormal shows of which there are many none of them seek to do that all of them are mainly to get information and like you know like Mm. you said like like they kind of tease and goad and they do stuff to like antagonize but none of them try to like actively help them move on yeah it's almost like to prove that there is something there rather than which is important as well I mm-hmm. think, but uh, a balance of both, perhaps you know. Balance maybe of both. who knows? You could begin a whole new kind of ethical yeah. ghost hunting. That would be pretty fabulous. Okay, um, but yes, anything else you wanna? The lead Ooh. single will be out on uh, yes. October twelfth, Crowley's birthday. Uh, you can check out my socials, Dan Brooklyn Official. Um, we on have Instagram. a website coming, and uh, the the album itself will be out on. December 1st, Crowley's 75th death anniversary. Well, we will be there on December the 1st, Dan. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been amazing. Yes. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to have you back for the next episode. If you want to get in touch for any reason, just to say hello or to send us a story of your own true paranormal or spooky experience, please email us at spookygarspodcast at gmail.com. You can also check us out on Twitter at SpookyGarsPod and on Instagram at SpookyGarsPodcast. If you want to support us further, then you can become a patron by going to patreon.com slash spookygals and from as little as $2 a month, you gain access to bonus episodes and other awesome content that we have planned for the future. Thank you all so much and we'll see you all next time. Stay spooky. Goodbye. Goodbye. Boom. Cool.